And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Mahomes plays it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! It's a great win It's because I know how hard it is to do. It wasn't just offense. It wasn't just defense. Everybody had to step up, and um, it was a heck of a run. I think it made us tougher for moments like right now. Congratulations to the back-to-back world champion Kansas City Chiefs from all of us at ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. I was like, why are you so obsessed with me? Also, Mariah Carey is on the ballot. Jack, Mariah Carey, Hall of Famer. Two thousand percent, yes. Yeah, gotta be, gotta be, gotta be. All right, welcome back. It's one oh two. Coming up here in just a little bit, we will have our well, what we hope for every Monday Monday segment with Jayhawk Insider Matt Tate. But he has been moved because of travel, and so we'll try to get to him coming up in the next segment. Our Interview with Matt Tate, brought to you every week by Super Pools. Let them turn your dream into a reality by giving you and your family the backyard they've always wanted. Give Jenny a call today or go to superpoolsusa.com. Mention ESPN Wichita and get a free robot cleaner for each new rebuild. Call them 316-880-3900. Sorry, guys. Mariah Carey, 100% no, says a texter. If not, then, texter, what Hall of Fame does she belong in? Where is she going to go? Because she's got to go somewhere. She's one of the most recognized artists in the history of ever. So if not the... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where? So I respectfully disagree. All right, some headlines uh, and also a little baseball and softball update before we pivot to Matt Tate to talk KU. The Shocker softball team is down in Puerto Vallarta right now playing a huge, huge weekend full of games with nationally ranked teams pretty much everywhere you look. They already got one underway, and it is now over between 8th-ranked Clemson and your Shockers, who came into that get-together this weekend 2-0 and after weather-shortened get-together down in Huntsville, Texas. Shockers were 2-0 and and went in this morning taking on number eight Clemson in a tournament that's already been kind of altered due to weather. And Clemson shut out Wichita State 7 nothing. So there are, by my count, at least five different softball polls. Clemson was 7, 8, and 10 in three of the ones that I checked out. So it's going to be one of the better games that 
are better teams at Wichita State plays all year. So the Tigers hand Wichita State its first loss by a score of seven to nothing. Addie Bernard went two out of four in a losing effort. Sammy Hood went two out of three in a losing effort. So seven nothing. Clemson takes that uh, first game of the weekend, extended weekend down in Puerto Vallarta. Up next for Wichita State will be at four o'clock today because of the weather has shifted around the schedule of the games. And in one poll, Auburn is ranked 24. So doesn't get much easier, if at all, this afternoon at 4 o'clock as Wichita State takes on Auburn at 4 p.m. down in Puerto Vallarta. So uh, really a blockbuster list of teams down south of the border in Wichita State. Uh, pretty fortunate to be able to go down there and uh, tackle those softball big hitters this early in the season. So hopefully better luck for Christy Breadbenner and the softball team against the Auburn Tigers. The Clemson Tigers knock them off 7 nothing. Coming up this weekend, starting on Friday, the baseball team will open up. They'll make their 2024 debut in Little Rock, first of a three-game series on Friday. Games Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and Sunday afternoon. And a, a big confluence of shocker sports. We talk about the sports equinox that happens every so often with the major sports professionally, but this is a big-time shocker sports equinox because you got baseball and women's basketball on the same day. That's Saturday. You got baseball and men's basketball on the same day. That's Sunday. Uh, And softball on Sunday. So you got softball, baseball, men's basketball. All those entities play on Sunday. Uh, Softball team gets Saturday off. And then, of course, tomorrow you got men's basketball at ECU. So a bunch of shocker sports uh, colliding, as it were. Um, so ESPN Plus and multiple screens and radios getting a workout over the next handful of days when it comes to keeping track of shocker sports. Uh, basketball, two-game road trip to North Carolina starting tomorrow at ECU, finishing up. Sunday afternoon at Charlotte baseball team after they finish up that series in Little Rock will get ready to go to Jacksonville, Florida for a tournament or invitational uh, much like softball team is experiencing right now in playing a bunch of ranked teams. Uh, the baseball team will take on uh, at least Two of the three teams that they will play in Jacksonville are ranked. They'll open up on Friday the 23rd against Virginia. They're nationally ranked. And then Saturday the baseball team will play Auburn, and Sunday they'll play nationally ranked Iowa. Sunday the 25th, while the baseball team is playing Iowa, men's basketball team at home against Temple. So uh, they 
Shocker Sports coming at you fast and furious over the next couple of days and really weeks as far as that's concerned as softball and baseball get ramped up and men's and women's basketball go down the season stretch and get ready for their conference tournament. Uh, We told you earlier today, of course, it's the parade in Kansas City for the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. And it was announced uh, earlier today, matter of fact, that, or at least when I saw it, Chiefs fans will have even more reason to celebrate besides the parade. Chiefs announced they've signed defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo to a contract extension. Chiefs didn't re- release any details on length or compensation. He's been with the Chiefs for five years, longest he's stayed at a single coaching position since he was with UConn in the late 80s and early 90s. He spent his career basically moving from place to place in one- to three-year intervals. His stop with the Giants in the late 2000s resulted in a Super Bowl victory over the New England Patriots, which gave him his only shot to this point as head coach when the Rams hired him from 2009 to 2011. They went 1-15 and in 2009 and... 2 and 14 in 2011 with a 7 and 9 record sandwiched in between there. So, uh, less than stellar record as a head coach, 10 and 38. And the Rams fired him in early 2012. Then he went to New Orleans and Baltimore, returned to the Giants before the Chiefs hired him in 2019. And five years and three Super Bowl wins later, he's on top of the football world. I don't think it was much of a surprise, Jack. Did you think that he's not necessarily head coaching, I don't want to say material, uh, but that doesn't seem like his bag. He gave it his shot. He knows his niche. He knows what he's great at. And I feel like he's comfortable in his own skin being a D.C., don't you? Besides his age. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he really fits the – the new movement for coaches in the NFL. I think a lot of teams that hire new are more so offensive-minded, and they're also much younger. Um, I think Steve Spagnuolo knows that at this point in his career, he can make a lot of money being one of the league's best defensive coordinators. He knows he's going to win a lot, and I don't think he wants his legacy to get stained at this point. Like I, th- I don't think he needs to prove anything to himself of going over there being a head coach for a team that isn't going to be that good at all, you know? Um, so to me, when he got passed up for all those job opportunities, I mean, all the spots were filled before the, the playoffs, really, or at least midway through the playoffs. I just think he looks at his career and says, I can be one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. And to me, that's much better than maybe ending my career as a bad head coach. And he and Andy get along well enough that he is he, obviously his own man. And <laughs> to kind of borrow a a term and phrase from Moneyball, uh, to paraphrase, he's like, uh, you know, my job you, my job is to be left alone to do my job and get the feeling that Andy lets him do as he sees fit. Like he's one one guy that Andy doesn't have to worry about, right? Isn't that a good way to put it? Yeah, and I don't think he ever really did. I think with the Chiefs, even though they were led by their defense this year, 
Steve Spagnuolo has been a guy that I think he's just gotten comfortable in that role, and I think he likes it. I I think we always assume that when a coordinator uh, has a very successful season, it's like, well, they want to go be a head coach. Well, not everybody. Mm-hmm. I think some coaches go, I'm really happy here. I, I like the structure here. I like the culture here, and I get to work with a lot of really great guys, and I have no intentions of uprooting my life and going somewhere else. And don't you think also that with what's happened over the last five years – free agents potentially will seek out Kansas City to go to a stable organization and defensively to play for a guy like Spags. Uh, he was maligned for a time, but that ship sailed, man. And so if you're a free agent defensive player, I know we get caught up in offensive players wanting to go play with number 15 and try to win a ring. Well, you can win a ring if you're on the defensive side of the ball, too. And and i got to believe Spags has turned everybody's head in the NFL this year, not just Chiefs fans. Yeah, I think uh, he should have been turning heads, you know, long before just this year. I mean, he's had to, you know, take on the really tough role of, you know, taking a defense that was so awful uh, way back in 2018 and 19. They were old, they were expensive, and they've had to overhaul that entire group. It certainly helps to have stars like Chris Jones, but – He's really been the only one that's stuck around since the Bob Sutton era. In fact, I think he is the only defensive player left from the Bob Sutton era. It was a very young defense, and you look at him next year, I mean, this is what's so scary for the NFL. So they've retained their coaching staff for the most part. Uh, they are going to maybe lose a couple of key guys like a Chris Jones or a Jerry Sneed just because you can't pay everybody. But the Chiefs have a lot of money to spend, and they also have the youngest defense in the NFL, and they're coming off back-to-back Super Bowl wins. There's not many teams that can be in that good of a spot, which is what I think Steve Spagnuolo is thinking as well. Like, this could just be the beginning. You know, three Super Bowls, and, you know, I, why would you want to go to somewhere like a, oh, I know they're all, all the spots are filled, but let's say that he would have taken a job for Carolina, for example. Like, does Steve Spagnuolo want to stick around for a three-year rebuild? Yeah. I don't think so. And does he, is there any guarantee that he turns the Panthers around? No, I if it were me, honestly, and I got an extension, I'd say, yeah, th- this is a spot I want to be in. I would love for uh, my family to be where they're at, where their feet are, and then also I can go down in the record books as one of the most genius defensive play callers in the NFL because I, I think what would be a little bit of a stain, as we brought up, is you know, he's a great defensive coordinator, then he goes to be a head coach, and then he bombs as a head coach. Not saying it would happen, but let's say it does happen. Now you go, well, he was a great defensive coordinator, but we all remember him as a head coach, which wasn't very good. So this is a great spot to be in. It's a young defense, and I'm sure every coach, every player is looking at this not as the end, but the beginning of a dynasty that could really have a reign of terror over the NFL for years to come. You and I haven't talked about this. I asked uh, Jordan Foote about it um, and maybe mentioned it to somebody else, but it wasn't you. Um, When it comes to potential free agents – on the defensive side of the ball, is it possible to keep Legereus Sneed and Chris Jones? And if not, who stays and who goes? Yeah, I, I just don't know if it's going to make sense uh, to keep both those guys, and that's why I think Chris Jones might be the most unlikely. Uh, they also, though, could look at it and say, we have to have Chris Jones because the defensive line doesn't have as much depth, whereas the secondary does. Uh, you've got Trent McDuffie who could take over as the number one cornerback, and Legereus Sneed can go get paid elsewhere. And we've also seen them – let cornerbacks walk before. Uh, they let Traverius Ward walk, and he became one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. So they, they feel confident in replenishing the secondary, and I just don't know 
if you can find another Chris Jones. I think that is such a rare player to find, but we'll see what they value more because they also, I think, have to find a way to extend Drew Tranquil. He was so mm-hmm. good for the linebacking core. I'd imagine they're going to let Willie Gay Jr. walk. Um, they're going to have to go add another edge rusher because Charles O'Menehue is going to be out for the majority of the year. So there are yeah. pieces to add to that defense, and I'm sure some are going to come through the draft, and you expect Felix Enedike Uzama to make a big jump in year two. So there's guys you're counting on and guys you're banking on, but that's going to be the big question, I think, is if you are to pick one of the two between Snead and Chris Jones, who are you picking? And if Chris Jones says he wants to be the highest-paid defensive tackle in the NFL over Aaron Donald, you got to look yourself in the mirror and ask, is it worth it? Which right now, I mean, after he's won back-to-back Super Bowls and he's the heart and soul of that defense, it's pretty hard to turn him down now. All right, coming up next, Jack will have a visit with Matt Tate, our Jayhawk insider from R1S1 Sports. Brought to you by Super Pools. Let them turn your dream into a reality, giving you and your family the backyard they've always wanted. Give Jenny a call today at 316-880-3900 or superpoolsusa.com. Our Jayhawk talk with Matt Tate coming your way next. It's 117. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Paid for by Bar Justice. Attention. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. I thought learning a language would be too much work, but Babbel makes learning fun. Jim Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, and soon you turn and realize, hey, I'm starting to speak another language. How'd that happen? Babbel isn't robots talking. You learn words and phrases from real native speakers. I was ready for real-life conversations in just a few weeks. So easy. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with a great deal on Most Wanted Vodka, 1.75 liters, just $18.99. And if you're looking for a great wine, Joel Gott 815 Cab, 750 ml, only $13.99. Davis Liquor Outlet. Each store independently owned and operated. Neighborhood locations with superstore pricing. 
Wichita's home for Chiefs coverage. ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. This game just was the microcosm of our entire season. Man, I, uh, I couldn't be more proud of the guys, and I, it's such an honor to be on this team. Uh, I was there when Tom Brady said, I'm turning the keys over to you, and he did it right in our locker room. I knew if we got in the tournament, man, we were going to be a hard team to beat because I know the guys that we have and how hard we work. When you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Hey, I'm Jackie, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit is the chicken. It is golden brown, so juicy, so delicious. It's the perfect savory start to my day. Hey, I'm Matt, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit is the freshly baked, flaky, buttery biscuit. When I take a bite, it's kind of like, you know, crispy, soft, crispy. Crispy outside, soft interior, crispy chicken. There's really nothing like it. Start your day with the Chick-fil-A chicken biscuit, available on the Chick-fil-A app. Real Chick-fil-A guests paid for their testimonials. Attention. This is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-760-8196. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-760-8196 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-760-8196. What do you have to lose? Call 800-760-8196. Again, 800-760-8196. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. Let's see, if something costs less but people are happier with it? That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for healthcare can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. Welcome back in to the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FN. And, of course, you are hearing the phone going right now because we're trying to get a hold of Matt Tate. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick 30-second break. Come back. We'll be joined by Matt Tate. That's coming up on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You're listening to the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability, they value the ability. 
They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Welcome back into the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, Wichita's sports leader. I am your host, Jack Johnson, filling in for Shane the rest of today. Well, it is time to talk some KU hoops as we hop on the phone line to talk with Matt Tate, who covers KU for R1S1, coming off a brutal loss in Lubbock to the Texas Tech Red Raiders. KU now has to look to bounce back against the Oklahoma Sooners. But first off, Matt, thanks for coming on the show this afternoon. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, Matt, well, let's go back to just a few days ago when KU suffered one of the worst losses in the Bill Self era to Texas Tech, losing by nearly 30 points in this game. No, they're banged up. No, they're without Kevin McCuller. But how did you evaluate that game, Matt? Can you just chalk it up and say they're exhausted, it was a quick two-day turnaround to have Big Monday in Lubbock, or is there now some serious problems that simply are not going to be fixed by the end of the year? Um, I, I think, you know, I think to do it and say, you know, excuse, 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 excuse is, is not quite fair because you still have to show up, you still have to compete, and you still had four of your five starters. So, uh, you know, they, they should have expected to fare better. However, the reality of the situation was, I think, as much as they went down ready to go and wanted to compete and play and win and all that, I think everybody on that team, especially with the short turnaround and, and, and DeWan Harris having an ankle issue and things like that, I, I think everybody on that team probably expected that unless it was kind of a perfect night for them, it wasn't going to go well. Um, so does that make it easier to swallow? Maybe. Um, I can tell you the faces that they had walking to the locker room were, um, you know, equal parts a little bit stunned and a little bit pissed off too. Uh, so you know, as a Kansas fan, that's probably what you want to hear. Um, you know, you, you don't want them to be laughing and having a good time on the way back to the locker room because that was um, anything but a good time for Kansas. But um, I, I do think that it was probably a pretty easy game to just flush and say, hey, you know, wasn't our night, wasn't going to be our night. There's a couple of reasons why. But, by the way, if we don't do X, Y, and Z better, even when we get whole again, we're still going to have some issues. So I, I think they probably didn't take it as the end of the world, catastrophic, this is, this is meltdown situation. But, um, but I do think they took it serious and, and took it to the point where they, they can sit there and say, hey, this, this is uh, something that we need to focus on and, and we've got to find ways to be able to play without guys, whether that's for a game because of an injury or – you know, foul trouble in a half or fatigue or whatever it is. There, there's a lot of things that um, that they're struggling to overcome right now, and and uh, part of that's not having much depth. But you know, you got to ride with who you have, and and so whether they like it or not, they got to figure it out. And and I think that's probably what they left Lubbock thinking as much as anything. Like, what what do we do? How do how do we make this work? And you know, Bill Self's a great coach. He's a Hall of Fame coach, and he's been in situations like this before. And more often than not, he finds a way to get those guys to respond. So um, we'll see if they do. I think this Saturday at OU will tell a lot. Um, 
because that's a really hard game. And OU gave Kansas a, 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 a big fight here. Uh, I think it ended up being a 12 or 13 point KU victory, but uh, don't let that fool you. That was a good game and Oklahoma was in it most of the way and they're good. So um, it, it's a, uh, it's a situation where they're really struggling on the road and they've got to find a way for their confidence to get one on the road. So because of that, that makes this weekend as big as anything uh, for this team and for its, for its immediate future and, and, you know, sort of maintaining that confidence that they have as far as, you know, we believe we're a national title contender. Well, they're, they're, they're going to go one of two ways after Saturday. I think if they lose it and fall to one and six on the road, I think they'll start to doubt that themselves. If they win it, I think it'll be a reminder of, okay, yeah, we're fine. Let's go. So, big game. And, you know, then we'll say the next week is a big game, too, and then we'll say the week after that is a big game, too, because right now we're at big game stage. There's nothing but big games left, no matter who the opponent is. And you look to this game on Saturday, still kind of up in the air, if Kevin McCuller is going to play, and I'm sure for a lot of our Kansas fans listening, they're wondering the same thing. I know Bill Self didn't give a lot in the postgame against Texas Tech, but do you get this feeling that maybe Kevin McCuller is going to be out longer than expected, or should he be close to 100% by the time they play the Sooners on Saturday? Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's potentially serious. I, I you know, I-, I saw him after the game in Lubbock. He was down there. He obviously didn't play or suit up or anything, but, um, you know, he walked fine. Like you, you would have never known it, but walking and playing 40 minutes in a college basketball game are two very different things. So, um, I, I don't think he's like, you know, risking amputation anytime soon or anything <laughs> like that, but, but I do think that it, it affects him. And, and so, um, nobody asked me, but if, if it were me, I, I, I would give strong, strong consideration to not playing him on Saturday because then they have a week off before their next game, which is the following Saturday. And at that point, you'd be looking at a full two weeks between games for him. And, and you know, could that be enough for him to get back to 100%? I don't know. I don't know the severity of the injury. Um, but it does seem like that would help. And, and if you keep pushing it and you keep pushing it and you keep playing on it and things like that it, it seems like maybe you're never going to get it back right because you may get it up to 85 90 percent and then you go play on it and now it's back down to 70 or 75 and then you got to get it back up again and you know that that dance so um i think they hope he's going to play i think they would obviously love to have him and i think they have a much better chance of winning the game with him um but it would be really tempting if I were the one calling the shots to, to, to really give him another another full week off and, and see if that can can help you when, when March gets here and when it really starts to count. We're talking with Matt Tate, brought to you by Super Bowls here on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Uh, Matt, when you see this team play on the road and you had to pinpoint maybe why they struggle so much, uh, what are you looking to? Is it the lack of depth? Is it the lack of health? Is it the lack of speed? Is it just the matchup? Because there's been very few times under Bill Self that a team has struggled this badly on the road. We all know the Big 12 is a monster, but man, if you lose on Saturday, the only Big 12 team you've beaten on the road is the last place team in the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So what is it to you as to why they struggle so much? Yeah, it's a tough one to answer. I think that... um... I think that their answer, and I think it's fair, I think a lot of people hear this answer and roll their eyes, and I don't blame them, but I think it's fair. I think that, that you have to remember that you know when Kansas comes into somebody's building, that's the biggest game of the year for that team most often. And so um, they, take, they take shots. 
They really do. And, and the crowd is into it more than they usually are at most places. Um, and that can be a factor. And the players are more into it. And they know it's a primetime television slot. And they know they got a chance to be on SportsCenter. And they know they could maybe make a little bit of a name for themselves if they play well. I mean, everything is elevated for, for the opponent. And, you know, the best way to combat that is, is for Kansas to elevate its game, too. Um, but it's, that's easier said than done, and, and, it's, and it's, you know, always the goal, but it doesn't always mean it's going to work. So I think that's their, that would be their answer to that question, and I think it's a fair answer. I don't think it's wrong, and I don't think it's, it's um, you know, anything uh, that, that you should roll your eyes at or anything like that. But, but you know, there's obviously something going on on the court, too. Um, and, uh, you know, especially because in – at least two or three of those games, they're what one and six in the road on the road now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in two or three of those, they had double digit leads. Uh, you know, they were up eleven at K State a week ago Monday. They were up sixteen, I think, at UCF, and and maybe that much at at West Virginia, and they lost all three of those games. So, um, that that is a bigger problem than any of it, probably because um, what we're finding is is the other day in Lubbock it was. You know, mid first half to late first half, Kansas was down ten, and it felt like they had no chance of coming back in that game. Yet, when the when the roles are flipped and Kansas gets up ten, it's been no problem for these other teams to come back. And and I don't know if that speaks to a lack of consistency or maybe you're like you said the depth and and you know the the, the tired legs factor in there because obviously you can't keep all five guys out there for all forty minutes. And even if you do, which they've done at times. Um, their their level of play dips after you know ten minutes after twenty five minutes after thirty five minutes and and you know their legs are tired and that's that's you know again these sound like excuses but I think they're they're real this isn't just a a pity party it's it's those are real things that that affect them and so um, I I think this team would would do so well to find some consistent play from the bench but um, we've been saying that all year and and I just. I don't. I don't know if you can hope for that at this point. It's it's middle of February, and you've had 25 games or 26 games, whatever it is, to see, you know, something from those guys. And and you you know, while each of them, Nick Timberlake, El Marco Jackson, uh, Jamari McDowell, Parker Brown, while they've all flashed and had moments, um, none of them have been able to can carry it through and, and be consistent with it night in and night out. And so. Um, you know, if if we're sitting here at the end of February looking at if they could just get a little more from their bench, I, I think you're probably, you know, playing a game there that, that you're you're not going to lose or not, you're not going to win from the beginning. It just seems like maybe they're out of time for that. So they have to get creative with ways to give these guys rest so that their starters can be as healthy and as fresh as possible. And And that's why I think the next two weeks are pretty big. I mean, you know, they played Monday night, and then they get the rest of this week off until Saturday. So that's a good rest, and that will help. Um, and then they play Saturday, and then they get until the next Saturday, and that's legitimately good rest, and that will help too. So, um, you know, all five of those starters are competitive, as competitive as it gets, and, and they don't want to sit, they don't want to come out, but, but the numbers are, are very clear that, you know, you're, you're just not as effective when you're out there tired, and, and everybody, no matter who you are, how good you are, um, everybody needs a break, a, a, a breather, a rest, you know, a chance to catch your breath or get your legs under you or just see a different perspective and, and feel, you know, mentally a little different. So um, they need to find a way to continue to do that. Um, but the best chance they're going to have going forward is, 
is keeping those guys healthy and fresh throughout the week so that they can be ready to go on game day because they're going to need they're going to need their starters to play 35 to 40 minutes every night and that's going to be a hard thing to do um but again those guys want to do it it's just a matter of finding out are they effective enough to do it and I like how you bring up you know the point of exhaustion here for the starting five and looking at that game on Monday in Lubbock I'm not sure there was a guy that looked more exhausted than Hunter Dickinson because we all know in watching this offense he gets beat up on a lot he gets doubled he gets tripled and I'm just not sure he's going to be able to get those good looks in games like that or to be so open unless the guys around him start hitting the open shots. I mean, for Tech, it was easy because nobody could hit shots. Not not even Hunter Dickinson, not Dewan Harris, not K.J. Adams, not Johnny Furphy. And that work is where it kind of runs into a nightmare matchup of if those guys aren't hitting the shots, well, then maybe your best player isn't going to be able to get the looks that they get. So is it that simple, Matt, that for Hunter Dickinson to not have another performance like he did on Monday night, other guys around him have to start hitting shots where it's not doubling and tripling on him down in the post? Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. I mean, he, he, you know, it, this is new to him for sure, and and for most of this season, things were really easy too. I mean, he was getting the position he wanted. Guys were getting them the ball when he wanted um, he's had, I don't know what, 12 or 13 double doubles. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's been a monster and, and he still can be a monster, but I, I think, you know, first of all, like you just said, nobody was hitting shots. So, you know, if you'd have told me that, that Hunter Dickinson, Dewan Harris and, and KJ Adams would combine to go five for 30, um, in any game, that would be shocking. You would obviously know KU didn't win that game. And, and I think I'd be shocked that that, that was even possible. So, Maybe there's something good about that. Maybe, you know, everybody's due or, or, or it's fair to give everybody, hey, they just didn't have it tonight. And, you know, sometimes you try to rotate that and hope that it's one guy on one night and a different guy on a different night and you can survive it or whatever. But maybe this was the best-case scenario for them. Maybe those three guys had their their uh, off night together and it was just, well, oh, well, we'll take it. And, and maybe they won't have another one like that the rest of the way. It's funny because, like you said, I mean, Although Furphy didn't um, really shoot the ball all that well, he was one of three from three point range, and um, you know he did shoot fifty percent from the floor, and he made four shots himself, and those other four made mm-hmm. five total. I mean that's re- that's remarkable. So, or those other three guys did anyway. So I, I don't know. I mean I, I just think that for my money, yeah, everybody needs to be on um, you know the same page. Everybody needs to be clicking. This is you know. Bill Self basketball, Kansas basketball is at its best when when it's flowing and it looks like it's easy. And it's looked really hard for KU at times, you know. But you go back just a couple of weeks ago and, and look at that Houston game at home. That's when it looked easy. And they played great. And they reminded you that when they're on and everybody's healthy and looking good and feeling good, they can they can be as good as anybody. So they're gonna hold on to that for as long as they can. They'll remember that. They'll also remember wins against Tennessee and UConn and, and you know, those things had those games had the same thing in common. They had, you know, their their full guys, their full group, and they were healthy and feeling good. And so it, it, it will always be there. Um, but yeah, they, you know, the more you get into these situations where you're having these off nights, the, the more you have to wonder if, if doubt and, and frustration and, and those types of things are going to creep into their minds and, and, you know, whittle away at that confidence a little bit. Um, but, yeah, to, to get to your point, too, about Dickinson, I, I think he needs help. He needs others around him to be doing well. But for my money, um, so many of Hunter's shots that he's missed lately have, have come, you know, 
in the paint from whether it's point blank range or, or out to three, four, five feet. Um, I think the best thing he could do to help himself would be to knock down some of those mid-range shots that, that he's certainly capable of. I mean, he's got a great stroke on that free-throw line jumper. Obviously, his three-point shot is good. He's been really off from behind the three-point line the last couple of weeks as well. Um, but if he were able to get that back, you know, then it, it makes it a lot harder to guard him. It makes it a lot harder. You're not doubling him on the, on the perimeter, right? You're not going to send two or three guys mm-hmm. to him when he's got the ball at 23 feet, you know. So um, that would be if you're looking for something he can do to help himself. I think that's the best thing, you know. And, um, and, and then he gets a little more space and a little more room to work, and, and, and then he can finish those inside shots much easier and without having to go through two or three bodies or through contact or whatever. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's not a real complicated recipe. It's just something that has to happen. And, and uh, they know it. You know the coaching staff knows that they'll, they'll they'll they are working to figure it out and uh, and the best part about this schedule that they have remaining, which is as tough as anybody has in the conference, is you know if you are able to figure it out and you are able to get wins in in this stretch here coming up, um, boy, your confidence should go sky high at that point because you're beating good teams and you're not just getting these uh, oh they're terrible everybody beats them kind of nights. You know you're you're getting. Uh, wins over a good Oklahoma team ranked in the top 25. Um, obviously, Texas is is capable of playing with anybody. Baylor's really good. Um, Houston, obviously, is really good. So, you know, they have chances to kind of remind themselves of who they are with, with who they play coming up. But they're going to have to play really well to win any of those games, home or away. So, um, it's yeah, it's it's different. It's definitely different. Five conference losses is is a, is a unique spot for them to be in at this point in the schedule. Um, but, uh, you know, no, they know no one's feeling sorry for them, so they, they just have to go back to it and put their heads down and work and, and see what they can find and, and uh, see if they can find a solution. We're talking with Matt Tate, brought to you by Super Bowls here on the Shane Dennis Show. Matt, one last question for you here, and I know it's been coming from our listeners uh, all week long after that loss. But where do you see this team ending up? I know there's six more games in the regular season. You're going to have that gauntlet in the Big 12 tournament, which should be a blast with you know, Iowa State being a top team, Houston being a top team, Baylor, K-State, KU, you know, Texas Tech, all kind of hovering in the top six range. How do you see it all going down, and which seed do you envision this Kansas team getting? Yeah, really good question and a really hard one to answer. Um you know, they're really good at home, and what do they have? Two or three home games left. Um, K-State at home, Texas at home. What are they, seven and five? So they've got six left. Uh, they must have three and three then, is that right? Mm-hmm, yeah, three and three. Um, okay, so, you know, I, I think you can I – mean, nothing's a given, but they, they did just beat Baylor the other day at home without McCuller, right? And that was a surprise to me even. I thought they were in trouble that day, and they looked pretty darn good. So – I think it's fair to chalk up, you know, the the uh, the home ones as victories. They'll, they'll have to play well. They can't they can't play like clowns. They can't, you know, have uh, big lapses or or get nothing from their bench or any of that stuff. But you know, I, I do think you got to feel good about getting Texas, BYU, and K State at home. So if you're looking at that, that would put them at what ten and five. Um, in conference, if you if you're just not necessarily in order, but you're talking about how many more wins they have, so then that leaves Oklahoma, Baylor, and Houston. And at that point, I would think if you could get one of those, 
you'd feel great about it. 11 and 7 is not a bad record in this conference this particular season. Uh, if you somehow could get two of those and finish 12 and 6, you might be in the mix to win it. And, uh, you know, but there's a lot of mites and maybes in, in this answer I'm giving you. I realize that <laughs> because I don't think it's very easy uh, to, to pinpoint. I think what we do know is that this league is so good that they're going to keep beating up on each other. And, and so as much as it may seem like Kansas can't win the Big 12 right now, um, if they take care of their business, the others will beat up on each other enough to, to give them a shot at it. And I've said for a couple of weeks now that 12-6 and six may be enough to win this conference. So, um, you know, that, that, that's tough, right? That would make it – you'd have to go 5-1 and one down the stretch to get there. And I don't know that that's very likely, but, you know, it sets up fairly well. Um, if they, especially, I think that's why it comes back to what we talked about in the beginning with this weekend being so huge. If you get Oklahoma, then you've got a week off and then you get Texas and then you got a couple of days and you get BYU and neither of those will be easy, but they'll both be at home. At that point, you're sitting on a three game winning streak and maybe your mojo's back. Um, and then it's, and then it's go two and one in those last three, you know, so it sets up favorably for them to do it. Um, I don't know that I think they're going to do it. I think Houston's really good. Um, so I, I, I feel like this is probably, uh, this seems like it's trending toward being the year where KU's a, a, a two or a three or even a four in the, in the big 12 tournament. Um, which is funny because I think that's probably where they are in the NCAA tournament too. Um, obviously if they go five and one and, and they end up winning the conference, then I think they're, they're probably going to be a one at that point in the big dance. Um, but I don't know that that's going to happen. So I think two, three, four is probably the right the right guess for um, both tournaments. And um, you know that's not the worst place to be either. I mean, it, imagine if they're a four seed in March, and they have to they have to sit there, and, and whoever gets the one seed in their region is playing Kansas in the third round. I mean that that nobody's going to like that, you know, uh, at all. And and. Uh, that's the kind of thing that, that I think in a lot of ways there's some really interesting data out there about what the preseason number one ranked team has done over the years. Um, and, and it doesn't look great. I mean, it's, it's, you know, some of them have not even made it to the sweet 16. Some of them have not even made the tournament, you know, it's not necessarily the, they're the team to beat. And it certainly looked that way for, for Kansas going into this season. They, they looked like they had that sort of potential, but um, when you start playing the games, everything's different. So, um, you know, Bill Self's always been really good with, with underdogs and chips on their shoulder and things like that. So if this team, even if they go three and three or whatever the rest of the way and, and, uh, maybe win a game in the Big 12 tournament and then lose one, you know, so that'd be four and four. Even if that puts them down to a four seed, I don't, I don't think you can count them out yet. I think that starting five is still as good as anybody. And like I said, I mean, at that point, Bill Self gets to play the game that he never gets to play, which is nobody believes in us. We're the underdogs. Um, let's let it loose and have fun and see what happens. And that can be dangerous stuff. It's the same reason that some of those five-star guys that have been can't-miss prospects that have come in here and not had great seasons, um, it's the same reason that, that, that the Christian Browns of the world and the Ochai Abajis and the Jalen Wilsons and, and – even going back to Devontae Graham and Frank Mason and even Thomas Robinson before him. I mean, Self's always liked those types of guys. He connects with them. He, he, he relates to them. He, he can understand how to, how to motivate them and push them a little bit more than 
some of those, you know, oh, well, I'm God's gift to basketball and, you know, uh, you're lucky to have me and that kind of thing. And, and I'm not saying all those kids have been that way either, but, but there is sort of a, a little bit of that involved with some of those top, top tier prospects. And uh, when he's had those blue collar, you know, fly under the radar, grind it out dog type guys, you know, he's had some of his best teams. So, um, this would be a, a mixed bag of that. There's a little bit of that here because that's certainly KJ Adams. That's certainly Dewan Harris. In, in a lot of ways, that's Kevin McCuller too. Um, but it would probably come more from the fact that they would be a lower seed than it would come from, you know, their recruiting stars and things like that. So, um, you know, if, if I were giving a, a, uh, a speech to Kansas fans on why they should hang in there and just see what happens, that would, that would be the, the uh the centerpiece of the speech it would be you know don't re- don't forget that this team can can still make a run even if they are god forbid a four seed um because that'll connect really well with what bill self's all about and he will motivate them in that way and as long as they're healthy uh they're still good enough to beat anybody any given night so um it'll be interesting to see i don't think they'll be a four i don't think they'll be a one so put me down for two or three and, uh, gosh, in a down year, that's sort of like they're talking about with the Chiefs this year, right? It wasn't their best <laughs> year, and they won the Super Bowl. So sort of the same concept. If your worst year at Kansas is you're a two or a three, then life's pretty good. Well, Matt, great insight as always, and we'll talk to you next week. That sounds good. Appreciate you having me, and uh, have a great rest of the week. There he goes. That's our KU guy, Matt Tate of R1S1, brought to you by Super Pools. Joins us every single week. A little bit different this week, of course, because KU played on a Monday with Big Monday. No more Big Mondays, though. The rest of the way, KU will either play on a Saturday or on a Tuesday. All right, we got to hustle when we come back. A really short segment of I'm Old Jacks Young. That's next on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. Hello, this is Jeff from CBD American Shaman Derby. We can help you rediscover romance through natural elevation. Boost your endurance and satisfaction with our horny goat weed. It's our blue pill for him and her. Happy Valentine's Day. Life is better with the feather. Twin Peaks is the best in the game. Here, it's bigger game days and bolder fight nights. I mean, where else can you find a scratch kitchen that always comes in clutch? Every day, from lunch to late night. Only at Twin Peaks, the number one sports bar. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. B.
We are down to just the last couple weeks in the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference basketball season, and teams are trying to get to Hartman Arena in Park City, Kansas, home to KCAC Championship Monday. Join me, Pat Stropman, for our live play-by-play coverage of the road to Hartman Arena. On Wednesday, we'll be in Leavenworth as the St. Mary Spires take on the Kansas Wesleyan Coyotes. Our coverage begins at 6 o'clock, right here on Wichita Sports Leader, ESPN Wichita 92.3 them. I was blown away. What could I say? It all seemed to make we are wrapping up the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, filling in for Shane the rest of the day and the rest of the week. We now bring in our very own Pat Strothman, who you're going to hear from from 2 to 4 on the Pulse as he tries to guess this song, which I'm sure he won't struggle with. On a very quick segment of I'm Old Jacks Young. Pat, do you read me? It's Daughtry. There you go. <laughs> I, I thought it was it was better for me to open this up because if it were Shane, he either would have answered it immediately or he just would have not known at all. So yeah. since a quick segment, I had to pick one I knew you'd know. Yeah, you knew it. That was good. Job well done. So I'll just dive right into the birthdays then. Born on this day in 1985, Tyler Clippard. Ah, former relief pitcher. You got it. Born in Lexington, Kentucky, in case you're wondering. Born on this day in 1978, he is turning 46 today, Richard Hamilton. That'd be Rip? That'd be Rip. All right, former Piston and Yukon Husky. Job well done. I was going to say hint or a nickname if you need it. (laughs) Born on this day in 1973, but... Died in 2009, Steve McNair. We just talked about Steve McNair not too long ago either, but uh, former quarterback, uh, former legendary quarterback, I should say, but yeah, shot to death. Yeah, just brutal, uh, tragic. Born on this day in 1972, he's turning 52 today, Drew Bledsoe. Man. Another another quarterback here, uh, former New England Patriot before Brady. Yeah, pretty pretty good day so far. Born on this day in 1971, Lonnie Johnson. Okay, there's a Lonnie Johnson Jr. in the NFL, so this has to be football. He was a tight end for the Buffalo Bills. There we go. That'd be correct. Also born on this day in 1971, Kenny Shedd. Um, wide receiver, right? Yep, you got it. Played for the Jets, played for the Raiders, born on the same day as Lonnie Johnson. How about them apples? Turning 54 today, Kelly Stinnett. Kelly Stinnett. Or maybe it's Stinnett. Pretty sure it's Stinnett. Kelly sounds like a baseball player, so I'll go with that. (laughs) You got it right. (laughs) I just look real quick and just roll with it. Oh, let's see. Born on this day in 1969, Jeff Graham. Would that have been Jeff Graham, the – man, what was he? I, I believe a Steeler. Is that right? Just go football player? <laughs> Show, you just go football, yeah. Okay, okay. It shows that he's a bear and a jet. Mm, I don't know what Also I was born on this day in 1969 in Kansas City, Kansas, Harry Cologne. Oh, no. Kansas City guy, and I don't know. Um, Let's go with baseball. He played for the Jags and the Lions. Believe me, I don't know who that is. That's tough. 
Yeah. Born in 1965. Ooh. Jesse Tuggle. Ooh. Um, I should know this one. I believe football. I should have scrolled up. Job well done. Also born in the state in 1960. Jim Kelly. Ah, uh, former Bills quarterback. And that Super is... Super Bowl loser. As far as I think as I'm going to go. Although I will challenge you this. Who's Mickey Wright? Oh. Mickey's a girl. Oh, no. Uh, Olympian. Golfer. She ah. won... 13 major titles in the LPGA <laughs> Tour. Kids were 82 LPGA Tour wins. It's pretty impressive. Well, there you go. Pretty impressive, pretty impressive. And so will the Pulse. It will be on from 2 to 4 right here on ESPN, Wichita 92.3 FM. That's going to do it on another edition of the Shane Dennis Show. I'll have you covered tomorrow and Friday, but don't go anywhere. The Pulse with Pat Strothman is coming up next on ESPN Wichita. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.